0: Hi there, this is Tom, bringing you another daily walk from rwalkingchrist.com. Now let's get a little bit warmer and a little bit greener around here as we come into the uh, spring and hopefully slowly approaching summer, and uh, maybe it won't snow anymore this year like it did last weekend, but uh, regardless, here we are again, another daily walk. So today I want to talk about Bible translations and I don't know. I might actually do several videos on this topic because there's parts of this that really fire me up, and uh, I got to say, first and foremost, let me tell you a little story. about so when I was in college, and I was a chemistry major in college, and at that time I was, um, you know, I was studying, doing okay, not uh, not the best, but uh, not the worst either. But okay. I did fail my first chemistry exam, but anyway, that's a moot point. Um, I got into thinking that maybe it was the, uh, you know, maybe it was the, uh, the book wasn't good. And so I went to the bookstore and I found a few other books on chemistry so I could read other books on chemistry thinking maybe it was the book that was different and what it came to for me was that it wasn't the book that was the problem it was that I didn't sit down to learn it was the problem and I think in a way that might be one of the one of the topics about Bible translations that that really gets to people is that they say you know um uh, I need a different translation, to understand it better, and there is a point where that can be a valid argument, for example, a King James Version Bible kind of hard to understand. you know what does it mean to compass an island? well, you know that's that's one of the things the The richness of the King james language is is certainly difficult to understand, and so I can understand the need for a modern translation that uh, Um, that doesn't use such old language. But in preparation for doing this video, I rarely ever prepare for anything here at all, but I wanted to go online and see just how many translations there are. And so I was looking up a couple lists and I really couldn't get a good number. I found a few websites that gave a number and uh, I found a few websites that gave lists. I was able to get, get an approximate number one website had 114 English translations. However, I know it did not have all of them because two of the translations I have on my desk right now that I'm previewing are not on that list. So, there are so many English translations out there. And to give a reference, you know, there's like one or two Spanish Bibles. There's like one or two Chinese Bibles. There's like one or two Bibles of the various other languages. And there are over 114 English translations. Now, one of the arguments is it's, the English language is complex. It's very difficult to, uh, really difficult to convey what you want to say inside of, you know, inside of one translation. So you might need a couple. I can almost buy that theory, but there's not 114 different ways to say what you want to say in a Bible. There's just not. And for example, two translations I know of, the New Century version, NCV, and the International Children's Bible, ICB, they differ by seven words. Does that really necessitate another translation? So, we have to wonder, what is it about it? And and here in America especially, because there's a Barna poll done every year. Uh, It's actually not just Barna, it's Barna and another organization. Um, And every year they do a poll of the state of the scriptures in America. I did not look up the 2016 yet, but the 2015 said only 19% of professing Christians actually read their Bible. 19%. That is one out of five. Now, they defined reading their Bible as reading for at least, I think it was reading at least 15 minutes, A day, three times a week, I think is what their numbers were. And uh, so that being said, um, oh, strong wind burst here. Um, That being said, um, uh, we're not reading the Bibles we have. But we keep on making new translations and new translations and new translations and new translations. Now, understand this. Is there a a market for a couple translations? Yeah. As I already mentioned, the King James Bible. Now, languages shift over time. So, taken to that extreme, the King James Version Bible is out of date. Absolutely. In fact, the King James Version Bible was not this endowed-from-heaven translation that plopped out of the sky. It was a very hasty hurriedly commissioned if you don't finish this in my time zone off with your head translation done by King James but it was even what we have is the King James Bible now was not even the King James Bible it was actually called the 1611 and I read that too and uh, that one is hard to read old English uh, Latin uh, ways of writing and words you know, it had the English translations. And what ended up happening is the King James Version that we know now is an Americanized language of the 1611, which of course was written in 1611. Now, even at the time, that was not the only uh, the only English translation uh, that was out there. That just happened to be the most common one at the time. And it came over with the pilgrims. And so that kind of became the, the Bible of the early American colonies. But again, even back then, it was the 1611, not the King James. So fast forwarding, people are like, you know, we really need a different translation. And so around the uh, 19, uh, you know, early 1900s, uh, the RSV came out, revised standard version and you know that was even that in its day came up with some high amount of criticism like what are you doing you're changing the bible they're like saying no we're actually updating the language because the language has actually shifted in 400 years across the ocean with different spellings and different words and you know and things and so then we had the king james version and we had the revised standard version and then from there it just kind of started to snowball a little bit that was a few years before another translation came out. But what ended up happening is around the 70s, the NIV was first proposed and that was proposed as flat evil by a lot of your uh, King James guys. But then just this translational snowball happened, leading us to where we are right now in 2016. There's probably over 120, maybe even over 150 English translations. And we're not even reading the ones we have. And that's this huge issue. And so ultimately, I'm a good proponent of any Bible translation that you read. Um, I personally prefer the NASB, New American Standard Bible, uh, because it is a um, about as close to an exact transliteration, of course, transliteration, and then organized how we organize sentence structure. You know, a few connecting words put in here and there. Uh, But what ends up happening is we have the transliteration, uh, translations like the NASB, and then we have what is called a dynamic equivalent, which is where the NIV, the New International Version, comes in. Now, the New International Version, um, in its day, although having a lot of criticism, actually was a very good translation, And the word dynamic equivalent means that they weren't trying to do a Bible exactly as the text said, as much as they were trying to say, what is it that the thought of the author was trying to say? In other words, um, I am a Greek author or a Hebrew author, and I'm writing the translation. And if you've studied any language, you know that the words and the ideas do not instantly move over. What ends up happening is um, is that there are, uh, there are different words and different ways of saying things. So the transliterations gives you exactly what the words are translated over. But the dynamic equivalent, let like the NIV, they came up with a thought-for-thought translation. What is it that the author intended to say, modernized in our language? And that really became the foundation. And so translations will fall either to a spectrum as close to transliteration as possible like the, uh, the NASB, or as close to the uh, dynamic equivalent like the NIV, or in many translations, generally fall somewhere in between. Now the NIV itself had a lot of controversy around it for a lot of reasons I'm not gonna go into here. But what ended up happening about 10 years ago or so, the ESV, English Standard Version, started to be translated and and uh, getting closer to production. And so a lot of your mainstream pastors that had some issues with what the NIV was doing and the company behind it, Zondervan, um, there are some questionable roots there. And uh, not enough that Christians say, oh, I don't want anything to do with them, but enough to cause a little bit of concern. And so with them owning the NIV and the ESV coming out as a dynamic equivalent translation, a lot of your pastors got behind the ESV and that kind of launched out as a way to try and recapture a lot of your original NIV market. And I personally think it's a good thing because NIV did another translation in 2011, an updated version where they made it a, what is called a, uh, a uh, gender neutral translation. So meaning that a lot of your words and terminologies were in the original Greek and Hebrew had the masculine roots. They translated a lot of those into a gender neutral. And in many instances, a gender neutral approach can be a fine thing. But there are many of those translations that took the gender neutral too far. Meaning they translated things that were supposed to be men or women specifically into a gender inclusive, and that is a challenge with the text that we have to be careful of. And with that new NIV, but there were other controversies surrounding it as well. So ultimately, I think you should find a translation that you like, a translation that you can read, and actually sit down and do it. But if you're going to be picky about translations, I would go with the ESV, the NASB, maybe the New King James Version, which is a modernized version of the King James. Um, and I would avoid some of these newer, weird translations that are popping up. Like, I have the voice sitting on my desk, and I'm pretty sure it's more of a paraphrase than it is a translation. But man, is it kooky. It's just kooky. That's just the only word I can use to describe that translation um, or paraphrase. Now the other one I have the, the translation I'm reading right now is the CEB Contemporary English Bible. I call it the comically exciting Bible. Um I highlighted a verse in there last night from uh Exodus, and Pharaoh says to Israelites, you're just lazy bums. Right? Lazy bums is actually in the translational record. Well I'm wondering what is the foundational root of this thing? Like, there are some classified cults in the translational, uh, committee of this thing. And I can't remember exactly which one it was, so I'm gonna not, gonna, <laughs> not gonna put my foot in my mouth. But some, some groups that are definitely not right. I think Christian Scientist was among them. Maybe I might be wrong about that. Uh, but it was definitely two confirmed that were eh, a little shaky. So thinking about all that, Bible translations, Bible translations. We don't need more Bible translations. Stop supporting more Bible translations. Just read the ones that we have. Now, I do, of course, do a lot of analysis, which translations are better, which ones are worse. So, you know, I'm, I'm into reading a lot of them whenever I find them. And I love the fact that your smartphones have um, a lot of the translations available so I don't have to buy them. But regardless, let's stop focusing so much on the Bible translations that are out there, and let's just focus on reading the ones that we have. This has been Tom with a Daily Walk, OurWalkInChrist.com. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out OurWalkInChrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at Patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is OurWalkInChrist.com.